And you're generally a Chris Evans fan, right? Yes. Yeah. What was what was that hesitation? Well, I I feel like you're I I like Captain America, and then yes, I watched Snowpiercer because I had Chris Evans in it, and it happened to be a very good film. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm being called out. No, I was just no, I was just uh, eliciting eliciting some personal information and also demonstrating our friendship and my knowledge of you. Yes, it's true. You did do a good job about that. (laughs) Sharing my intimate. Anyone who knows you, that's like not a secret, is it? No, no, I know. I feel like you should introduce us because I've, I definitely did it at least the first two times, which is the only number of times we've done this, so. Okay, I, what's your spiel? Um, <laughs> let me think about it, what you say. Okay, welcome to Fauna Facts, where we talk about fauna and facts about them, and some of them scientific, some not so scientific. What are our names? Oh. I'm Grace. And I'm Mads. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, <laughs> it's going great. It's going great. Do we, uh, do we have an Instagram, Grace? I know you don't know what it is, but just say yes or no. Yes, we have an Instagram. We do. And that's Fun Effects Podcast. Eventually we'll have, by the time this actually is released, we should have a blogger account where our friends that don't have Instagram can look at the pictures that we're going to eventually be posting in reference to each episode so i'll have that in the link sorry in the podcast description when that eventually happens so if you're wondering how else to access our visuals look in the podcast description okay yeah i'm not on instagram very much so i'll probably be hanging out on the blog more often (laughs) cool you can be in charge of our, our email oh okay which is uh, fauna facts podcast same thing at gmail.com so if you have some fauna facts or if you just want to say hello you great you go right ahead and don't forget to subscribe and rate us on yes, itunes please do that you want to get into it yeah let's get let's let's get down to business okay so i wanted to talk about mannequins today Ma- mannequins yeah, so mannequins are not store just storm d- dummies. They also refer to these tiny little birds that you find in South America. And for my seminar on the evolution of beauty, we are reading a book called The Evolution of Beauty. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> By Richard O. Prum. And he talks a lot about birds because that's what he studies. But he also talks a lot about, specifically talks about these mannequins. And they just have really interesting ways of attracting mates. So the males have these really elaborate displays. And then whichever one she thinks is the sexiest from their dance, she'll choose as a mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess I was going to talk about a couple that I thought was the most interesting. 
I'll save my favorite ones for last because they're the cutest. Oh. So some of them, like if you've ever seen those birds, videos of birds that look like they're moonwalking on a branch. <gasps> yes. Yes. Those are mannequins. Oh my God, really? Yeah, those are, they're trying to attract a mate and then she's going to leave and raise the children by herself. But. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So that's part of it. Like these males do nothing to help raise the kids. So they just mate, and then she just raises them by herself. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. There's a joke to be made there, but... Yeah, but I don't know. It works for these birds. I mean, it's not that uncommon, I guess. They do things like moonwalk on branches, and then there's one that has this really club-winged mannequin. Its wing bones are solid, which for a bird that needs to fly around, that's really weird going so fast they look like they're still i guess that they're moving their feathers that fast oh so sorry it's not moving their wings and moving their feathers yeah but i mean they have to vibrate their wings to move their feathers Ooh, that's i need a visual it's really weird i'll send you it looks like they just hold their wings over their head for really briefly and then there's this high-pitched whistle and then what? they lower them this is so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And especially since they, like, the females think this is really sexy, so they've evolved to have these, like, wings that don't work that well because they're not hollow. <laughs> <laughs> because the females are like, yeah, yeah, I want that sound. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then bird bros. So... These bro mannequins? They're, yeah, they're super buds. These mannequins, um, she's display towards the female and he'll do his really fancy dance. But when they're not displaying for females in a lot of species, the males practice with each other. And they have this coordinated display where, it's, oh, do I know how to say it? The chiropraxia? Hmm. This genus of birds. Yeah, Kyrosyphia. Oops, Kyrosyphia. So these are the blue, oh, blue mannequins. I could have just said the common name. <laughs> <laughs> the blue mannequins, they form troops or like a dance team. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there'll be seven or like five to seven birds on a branch. And then they'll take turns, like there's this female that's watching them. They'll take turns flying in front of the female, making this sound, and then flying backwards to the back of the line. And then it's like this really quick succession of one bird after another. Whoa. Flying in front of the female. Is this just the whistling sound or is this the dance too? It's both of it. It's like the display is the whistling. It has to have all elements. And they practice a lot to get good at this. If the female is still interested, there's an alpha male, and then he gets to mate with her. So, oh. they, yeah, they've evolved to all work as a team because the only way the female is interested in is if she sees this really coordinated dis display with a lot of males, but she's only going to mate with one. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> and they have to, yeah, so it might take, like, a bird 10 years before <gasps> it can mate, and some of them never mate. <gasps> because they never get to be alphas. What? I know. That must be kind of uncommon, right? What do you mean? Species in general? Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
I don't think it's, no, it's not that common. And one of the best parts of the story is that females, I mean, they don't know why, but females prefer larger social network, I guess, for a bird. So like have a larger dance troupe? The females, they like friendlier, you can put that in quotes, birds. Because the female chooses friendlier males, males are like friendly towards each other. And in order to get a female, they have to work together with other males. So I don't know. It just makes me happy because like we talk about how it's like this brutal struggle to survive. And yeah, it is. But in these birds, they have to make friends. (laughs) That's part of the struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not only that, but like you have to make friends and you might never actually get to reproduce, which is right kind of your mo yeah and they've done studies and they're like oh maybe these birds are related right and so you're gonna be friends with your brother or your cousin but these birds are unrelated (laughs) so yeah i just think that's really interesting and they're in a bird troupe performing for the female how do you spell mannequin for the bird m-a-n-a-k-i-n and i recommend that everyone goes and looks up blue blue mannequins definitely also, I think it's red-capped mannequin that does the moonwalk and then the clubbed wing mannequin. But but all of them are really cute. I literally typed in mannequin bird and I got like three videos that say moonwalking bird. Yeah, that one's really popular. <laughs> um, I think somebody put Michael Jackson to one. And that is definitely the one that we will be posting on our Instagram. Just want you to know. Although I guess maybe we won't be able to get the credits to it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. They might not take it down. We're so small. Who cares? Yeah, we'll find, we'll find some to share. Or links, uh, links to maybe reputable places where you can watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk about was bird bromances and showing off for the ladies. Bird romances. That's excellent. I really like that. Thank you for sharing. I've seen that, like I said, I've seen that video a million times. Had no idea that it was so involved in a community way. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Shall, shall I go? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I had two different options for today and one of them was bird related. So I think I'm going to save that because you just talked about birds and I just talked about birds last time. Chickens, if you recall. Yeah. Warming up minds. <laughs> so it's not about birds, but it's kind of a darker one again I'm sorry no I like it okay I'll bring the like fluffy well there's gonna be some dark stuff but I can bring heartwarming fluffy animal stories based in science and you can bring like (laughs) the darker stories that human beings animal interactions yeah exactly Um, exactly okay well my my next bird one that I'll do next time is is pretty light so that'll be my That'll be my segue. Okay, so the one that I'm going to do today is called the Turnspit Dog. Have you ever heard of that? Say it again. Turnspit Dog. Turnspit. Turnspit? Yeah. No. Okay, I hadn't either. There's some Latin words. I was laughing earlier when you were saying Latin. Uh, I do not know anything about Latin, so I'm just going to go for it, Okay. The turnspit, or the Latin name Canis vertigus, which sounds like a vertical dog, but whatever. 
So this dog was an essential part of every large kitchen in Britain in the 16th century. And literally what it was is a small dog bred to, for the sole purpose of running in a wheel that turned a roasting spit in big kitchen spaces. What? Wait, this is real? This is real. This is real. So they were referred to as the kitchen dog, the cooking dog, or the Vernapater Kerr. The very first mention of them is in late 1500s, 1576, in the first book on dogs ever written. So it's literally a dog that is bred to especially run on a wheel that turns the meat so that it cooks evenly. And that's literally how the turns bit itself got its other name, which is the Vernipater Kerr, which is Latin for the dog that turns the wheel, which I didn't know that was another name for a turns bit because not really a thing. No, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Not really a thing I use in my daily life, but so yeah, I mean, back in the 16th century, a lot of people preferred to cook their meat over an open fire, took constant attention from the cook and constant turning of the spit. Uh, they used to have, like, young boys do it. <laughs> I guess, uh. Yeah. I've done menial tasks as a child, but when you're, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty. Like, it's like churning butter, right? I mean, that's pretty. I remember I had to make butter once, like, for a project, and it was horrible. So maybe it's like that. The, what, what I would say about it, though, is that it's like, we're talking hours, and yeah I mean the problem is I don't think it's like oh you turn the spit for an hour Johnny here's your allowance money (laughs) I don't think that was happening right with the dogs no sometimes they usually often they would have two dogs that they would trade off but that's about it so so what would make the dog like keep running were they like greyhounds or something honestly like I'm just not really sure they had anywhere else to go. I mean, when we say running, did they just walk in a circle? I just think, like, you know, probably not so nice things would happen to the dogs if they weren't doing their job. Yeah. I'm going to send you I'm gonna send you a picture on... Are you on your computer? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't like a... Um, yeah, exactly. A donkey grinding... Oh, no, 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 so... I was just, I was like, what happens when the dog just wants to stop or goes the other way or something? But this makes sense because if the dog is walking, then it's going to turn the spit. Right, and it's like, yeah, exactly, a hamster wheel is a great way to describe it because it's like kind of hard to stop. When any meat was to be roasted, one of these dogs was put into this wooden wheel that was mounted on the wall near the fireplace The wheel was then attached to a chain, which ran down to the spit, and as the dog ran, like you said, like a hamster, in a wheel, the spit turned. Turn spit dogs were viewed as kitchen utensils, like pieces of machinery rather than actual dogs. Right. So they weren't thought of as pets, obviously. Oh, I remember now. To train the dog to run faster, a glowing coal was thrown into the wheel. (laughs) What? Okay. All right. It's pretty bad. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that's kind of interesting because, yeah, it's horrible. But, yeah, we don't view dogs like that anymore in this country. Right. I mean, it's interesting. I talk about this a lot with um, some of my 
friends who grew up in different countries where some animals are still viewed that way, as in you don't necessarily have pets the way we think of pets. Like, your animals are for outside, and, like, you take care of them, but you're not, like, cuddling them or anything. Right. And even... I can't remember... We I guess we were in the city, so when we were in China, we didn't see these dogs as much. But you can definitely tell the dogs that are eating dogs. Oh, dogs for eating? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I did see... Uh, warning, we're going to talk about dead dogs. Oh, yeah, if this upsets you, if this upsets you, please don't listen to us talk about eating dogs. We're not actually... We, we're not talking about us eating dogs. Oh, just... yeah, no, I, I have not tried dog. Eating dog is a thing that happens in the world, and we were in part of the world where that does happen, and I remember, like, sometimes on my travels, yeah, I would see their carcasses strung up on the street, and yeah, you can definitely, it's like a specific kind of dog. It's not just, like, a random dog. I think sometimes people think, like, they're going to see, like, a cocker spaniel or something, but no, it's (laughs) it's definitely, you're like, oh, that dog's for eating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can... Yeah, but it wasn't that long ago where, I guess not the United States, but Europe. There, it actually... So they did come to America, too, actually. Oh, see? Yeah, not that long ago in our country. Or the colonies that became our country. Yes. So. Yeah, so some more info about them historically. Shakespeare actually mentions them in his play, The Comedy of Errors. He describes somebody as being a, quote, curtailed dog fit only to run in a wheel. Um, oh. Curtailed meaning they got their tails cut off, which is basically apparently the way that they used to differentiate between dogs of nobility and dogs belonging to everybody else. They would cut their tails off. Oh, okay. And then apparently, I found this really fascinating. Apparently Charles Darwin referenced them. Oh, hmm. I haven't read Origin of Species, actually. I haven't read anything, but I don't. I feel guilty. I'm studying evolution, and I haven't read him. Yeah. I've read some of his other stuff. That is interesting. Grace, you have a long life ahead of you. You have plenty of time if that's on your list. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. But he said about it, he said, look at the spit dog. That's an example of how people can breed animals to suit particular needs. Yeah. And we still do that but absolutely we do yeah some of those needs are just looking cute yeah and then apparently on Sundays the dog had the day off usually Mm -hmm. and were allowed to go with the family to church hilariously because they used the dogs as foot warmers ow (laughs) I thought you were gonna say something else like what'd you think Oh. They're teaching the dogs about the Bible. Yeah, or something. Make sure you're... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was, yes, I'm sure they were good foot warmers. <laughs> oh, what an interesting story. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, basically, the dogs... So, the dogs had come to America. They were used in large hotel kitchens to turn the spits. Mm-hmm. And actually... The founder of the SPCA founded the SPCA because they were so appalled by the way the turnspit dogs were treated in the hotels of Manhattan. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
But by that time, they were already becoming pretty scarce. And by 1900, they had disappeared. There were these cheap spit-turning machines called clock jacks, and that's really what brought about the demise of the turnspit dog. Oh wait, I thought you said in the beginning 1600s. So this was in the 1800s as well? So the first mention of them is 1576, and then... Oh yeah, I should have known that because Darwin was publishing in the 1800s, but... No, it's okay. So the first mention of them was 1576, and then yeah, they didn't really start... They didn't like disappear all the way until 1900, but were really in decline by the 1850s. Yeah, because as soon as you have like a spit turner that you don't have to feed and train with hot coals... Then that's obviously a plus. Wow. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah, that, that, I thought I was, when you first said about these dogs, I'm sorry I doubted you, but I thought it was not real. I was like, ugh, (laughs) Mads didn't do their research. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Thought I was lying. I'm sorry I doubted you. It was very, much darker than I expected, and. Yeah. Totally true. Yeah. Yeah. And probably one of the funniest things is so this dog is breed is obviously extinct because it only had that purpose and now there's no purpose for it anymore. So they stopped breeding it. But funnily, they think that the closest modern breed to the turnspit dog might actually be the corgi. That's what I was going to guess. Yes. Yeah. Because they're just like small and short-legged and they don't have a tail. Yeah, and it's it's very, very funny because this very downtrodden, basic, sad dog is now potentially related to the queen's own favorite animal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Maybe, yeah, they used to, their ancestors used to work in the kitchens, but now they're royalty. <laughs> they made it. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Only took three, four hundred years. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm sure the the palace got the automatic spit turners when they came out. So. You're right. That makes sense. So, but still. Wow. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was, that was a lot. I'm just imagining, like, a spoiler if you haven't seen Snowpiercer, but... Um, just like a, Didn't we watch that together? Yes. I'm telling our listeners. Oh! We're not the only ones here. <laughs> <laughs> might be, might be. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm just imagining this, this, this train run by corkies. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's funny, but also horrible. But not as bad as the actual what happens in the movie, so... Wow. But you you like that movie, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. It's, like, super depressing and dark, but it's great. So, um, yeah, that's what I do when I'm not looking up animal facts or researching is Mm. going to the movies. Okay, well, should we wrap this one up? Yep. Okay, so this has been another episode of Fauna Facts with Grace and Mads. Bye. Woo.